0: Hey! Super excited you're here today. We we start a new series, and Cam told you it's called "Questions Jesus Asked." Uh, many people know Jesus was a great storyteller. Uh, as a matter of fact, Charles Dickens, you've heard me say, said that the, the the story of the prodigal son was the greatest short story ever told. And Charles Dickens was a short story writer himself. And and so we know Jesus to be this phenomenal storyteller. But what we sometimes failed to see is that, man, he asked some incredible questions, that Jesus had the ability to ask a question in the right moment that would stop people in their tracks. And some of his questions seem absurd. They were just, you'd, 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 you'd hear them, and you're going to, we're going to go over some of those. Some of them were absurd. Some of them were, were in your face. It was like, boom, 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 like he was in your face. And, and, and some of them were just soul-piercing questions, and today, we start with the first question, and here's the question. Are you going to leave also? Are you going to leave also? So I'm going to give you the background of the question. Here's the background of the question. Have you ever got into something, you started something, that you wished you'd have never started? Anybody ever done that? Yep. Don't hit your spouse right here, okay? Don't do that. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about. But anyway, we, I do marriage counseling, but anyway, by the way. so. <laughs> but we all have moments where we've started something maybe it's a project at home you get into it like man why did he even start this or it's something at work you volunteered for you like why did it do this or you you volunteered to help somebody move you ever volunteer to help somebody move and in that moment you get over there you're like whoa Why did I say yes to this? Because it's chaos. But anyway, and so when I was in high school, I weighed 145 pounds. Weighed 145 pounds. And uh, in 10th grade, you could not go to high school, in my high school in Virginia, until you're in 10th grade. And my whole life, I always wanted to play football. Always wanted to play football. And when we were little, we didn't have the money. We didn't have the money. My parents were like, we can't afford for you to play football. So when I got in 10th grade, I had made the decision, I was going to play football. I was going to play football. And so in 10th grade, guess what? I went out for the football team. Now, when I went to school, this ages me, you did not start school until the Tuesday after Labor Day. I don't know if you remember that or not, but you didn't start school until the Tuesday after Labor Day. There was no year round school. You got a whole summer off. It lasted forever as a kid, and it was great. I wish we'd go back to that. That's my opinion. But anyway, that's what's wrong with America right there. Anyway, so, <laughs> ruined our summers. So I went out for football, and it was miserable. It was absolutely, I, it was miserable. It was absolutely miserable. And uh, I was a decent athlete, not great, but I got out there, I was 145 pounds and I was getting beat on, knocked down, everything. And uh, I hated it. I did, I hated it. And then when we were out there for a certain amount of time, they told us, hey, not only do we get to practice once a today, next week, guess what? We're gonna start practicing twice a day in August. Ooh. We did two days in August. And I'll never forget this. I was running around the track during that second practice and some of my friends came by and blew the horn and yelled at, Woo! and I thought why did I do this why did I want to play football and I did not quit football but I thought about quitting every day now that's the background of this story right here not football but in John chapter 6, there's 70 verses. I can't go over them all today. I encourage you, go read John chapter 6. Read John chapter 6. And so I'm going I'm to give you the premise of today, of what we're going to talk about. And then, then I'm going to give you the scripture. Here's the premise. Unless I commit to follow Jesus, I will not continue to follow Jesus. Unless I commit that I'm going to follow Jesus... Now I'm following Jesus, that I'm in this for the right reason, I'm in this for the right purpose, that I'm in this for the long haul, this is what I want, then I won't continue to follow Jesus. It'll be just like playing football. I want to quit every day. I just want to quit. I'll, it'll be like helping somebody move. I just want to, man, why did I do this? I don't want to do this. So here's the scripture right here. Now, Jesus, in this chapter, he feeds the 5,000. He feeds 5,000. He walks on water, and he calms the storm. And he get to the scripture right here, and then he said, that is why I said that people can't come to me unless the Father gives them to me. Jesus has taught them that he is what they need, that I am what you need. He says, I'm the bread of life. I'm the one who gives you life. You need me. And at this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the 12 and asked, are you also going to leave? Like people, people started walking around. Jesus feeds 5,000. They think in that moment there could have been 15,000. They just counted men back then. There could have been fifteen to 20,000 people that he fed. And people start, they're gathering around. They're, they're, man, they love Jesus because he's feeding them something. And he says, hey, you need me more than anything. And people start to turn away. And the 12 are there. And you think Jesus would say, hey, guys, thanks for staying. Jesus says, hey, are you guys going to leave too? And then Peter says, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know you're the Holy One of God. If you and I don't commit to follow Jesus, we won't continue to follow Jesus. I'm going to give you three reasons why. First is this. Because of our motives. Because of our motives. Now I'm going to talk about some stuff and some of you are going to push back on this and I'm good with it. Sometimes we follow Jesus for the wrong reasons. I know you're going, well what could be the wrong reason if you're following Jesus? Sometimes we follow Jesus... For what he can do for us. Sometimes we follow Jesus because we're chasing the blessing and not chasing the one who gives the blessing. And the problem with that is if you're always chasing the blessing, when the blessing runs out, you're going to think to yourself, I need to do something else, I need to quit. I need to stop. Look at the scripture right here just talking about motives. This is, this is comical to me. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, you want to be with me? Now, this is, this is what's crazy about it, that Jesus feeds the 5,000, and then he goes across to the other side of the lake. Well, they wake up the next day and realize Jesus is not there, and so they go to the other side of the lake. You know why? Because he's fed them. Now, this, this sounds really selfish, but to a people that were oppressed, this would be, hey, this guy fed us. And look, at if you read the Scripture in John 6, it says, everybody ate and was satisfied. Everybody ate and was full that everybody ate as much as they could. This was like the greatest church potluck dinner there was. And everybody was eating and everything like that, and they were all satisfied. But man, they're, they're looking for Jesus that next day. He says, you didn't want me. You came because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. Then he says this, don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Because here's what happens. Our motive sometimes is that I need Jesus to do and help me. And look, this is a fine line. This is the part we'll push back on. That I need Jesus to help me. That we want Jesus to fix our problems. And that's that's okay. But we really don't want a Jesus. And I'll, I'll phrase it like this. We want just enough Jesus to fix our problems. But not enough Jesus to really change us. We want Jesus to do something to fix our marriage, to help our kids, to bless me financially, give me the job. But we really don't want Jesus. We just want him to do it for us. We look at Jesus like a, 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 a genie in the bottle. Like I rub the lamp and he does it. I get three wishes and you know And if he does that, then everything's good and I'm good. And the reason why I share this with you is this. Some people think Christianity is a crutch. That it's an easy way to live for the weak and I have found it to be just the opposite. That your motives that if you hadn't made a decision I'm following Jesus Christ your very motives will work against you. Let me tell you a little bit about motives. When I was 24 years old Someone came to me for marriage counseling. I was a youth minister. Guy came to me for marriage counseling and said, I need help. I said, okay. I said, what's the deal? I said, me and my wife are separated. I want you to go talk to my wife. I said, okay. I was so naive, y'all. So <laughs> naive. I'm telling you. So I went to his wife. I said, so-and-so sent me over here, asked me to talk to you. He'd like to get back, get the marriage back, everything like that. He says he's willing to do everything. He told me this. I'm willing to do anything. And she said, that's easy. Tell him to quit drinking. You know what I thought? This marriage counseling is simple right here. I don't man, there ain't nothing to this. So I go back to him. It's before cell phones or anything, we had to go visit people. So I go to him. I said, hey, talk to your wife. She says she'll take you back. You just got to quit drinking. I'll never forget it. He looked at me and said, I can't do that. I said, hold on a second. You said you were willing to do anything. He said, I'm not doing that. I'm going to remind you of something. When you accepted Jesus Christ, when you made your confession of faith, you asked Jesus to save you, and in return, you said you would follow him that you would do whatever he asked. Until you come to that place in your life, then you won't continue to follow Jesus. You've got to come to a place that I am committing to follow Jesus in spite of my motives, what I want. Because he's going to ask you to do some things that you don't want to do. He's going to ask you to stop doing some stuff, to ask you to start doing. He's going to ask you to give. He's going to ask you to serve. He's going to ask you to quit doing this because it's hurting you. Quit doing this because it's hurting the ones around you. Quit doing this because you're hurting his reputation. And unless you've come to this place in your life, then your motive is to simply follow Jesus. I'm going to follow Jesus. I don't like what He's asking me to do. I don't don't know if I understand it. But that is where He's calling me. Well, it's not just our motives. It's our pride. Man, our pride, it's just simply our pride. Sometimes our pride just gets in the way because, here's the truth, we won't say this, but we get upset when... Jesus doesn't do what we want him to do. We get upset. We not only get upset when Jesus doesn't do what we want to do, we get upset when Jesus doesn't make others do what we want them to do. And our pride gets in the way. And we think to ourselves, I'm not doing that. You didn't do what I said. You didn't help me in this situation. There's storms coming. I've got needs. I've got it figured out with the plan of my life. You ought to be doing what I say, Jesus. And our pride gets in the way. Look at the scripture here. The scripture right here says, many of the disciples said, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? Now, what was hard to understand? What was hard to understand was Jesus said, hey, I'm the bread of life. You need me more than anything. You need me. I've got the words of life. you got to have me. You don't need bread. You don't need all this other stuff. You need me. And Jesus even goes and, and, and comes up and says that, uh, and, and it's a little weird when I say this. He says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. He was talking about the Lord's Supper, us partaking of his body and his blood, the representation that, man, we have embraced Jesus Christ in our life, that we've made a commitment to Christ, that that's what he's talking about. And so it really wasn't hard to understand Look at the next scripture. They answered. Do you see the the irony in this? I told you he just fed 5,000, right? They just ate and were full. They were so full that they packed up all their stuff and went from one side of the lake to the other. It wasn't like Lake Jackson. It was, it was, it may have been. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. They said, show us a miraculous sign. You ever done that to God. God, if you show me, if you do this for me, I'll follow you the rest of my life. I'll be a missionary. I'll stop. I'll start. If I get this promotion, I'll I'll, I'll start tithing more than I ever. I'll get, I'll I'll serve you. When I was in elementary school, I lost my belt. I know this is really stupid. I didn't go to church. My parents didn't go to church, but I, I lost my belt, and I knew if I didn't find my belt, I was going to get the belt. I lost my belt, and I'll never forget. I prayed to God, help me find this belt. Help me find this belt. Help me find this belt, and I'll be... I, just, I, don't even, I, don't, I didn't say I'd be a Christian. I was like, I'll do better. I'll be a better... I'll stop. I, I didn't, I didn't want, But you know what? When I found that belt, guess what? I didn't, that prayer was long gone. And sometimes in our pride... Even though God's done nine things for us, if He doesn't do the tenth, we start thinking, no, "I'm not going to do this anymore." He didn't do what I wanted him to do. After all, our ancestors may ate manna, and they go back to something that they never even experienced—something that was in their family, that hundreds of years before, that God had done a miracle where they got manna, where He fed them bread. In the wilderness, the scriptures say, Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. And then Jesus says, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And he now offers you true bread from heaven. True bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven to give life to this world. Jesus goes back and says, I'm what you need. And so many times our pride will keep us. Because we think that we know what's best for us. We think we know what's best in this life. We think we know what Jesus ought to be doing for us, and we get frustrated. And I'm here today to tell you that unless you come to this place, that Jesus is the one you're following, then you won't continue to follow Jesus. Until you come to this place, unless you commit to follow Jesus, then you won't continue to follow Jesus. We will start questioning. We will start rationalizing. We will start looking for reasons not to follow. You'll have all kinds of great excuses. But it's not just our pride. And it's not just our motives, it's our doubts. You ever have doubts? i do doubt is something we don't talk a lot in the church because it's looked down upon He got doubts or something wrong with him i don't think so i think if we're honest there's times when we all have doubts is jesus who he says he is as a matter of fact if you read the scriptures that john the baptist was jesus cousin And when Jesus was baptized, John said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But when John was in prison, he got in prison. He sent a message to Jesus. And the message was in a gist. He said, Hey, are you you the one? Or do I need to be looking for somebody else? You know why? Because he had doubts. We all have doubts. We all have doubts. Sometimes our minds are flooded with doubt. Is Jesus who he says he is? Am I crazy to follow him? Can he really save me? Until you've come to the place where you've committed to follow Jesus, your doubts can keep you from following Jesus. And so what I want to do is I want you to think about the doubts you're having right now. Doubts about your salvation. Doubts about God's plan for your life. Doubts about is God working in your life? I want you to look at the scripture right here. Then the people began to murmur in disagreement because Jesus said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And then they start to have these doubts in this Jesus, son of Joseph, we know his father and mother. How can he say I came down from heaven? can you give your doubts to Jesus? Let me phrase it like this. Can you follow him in spite of your doubt? See, you know, Jesus never asked us to figure everything out. He didn't say, hey, follow me when you got all your doubts gone. He never said that. And he never said, hey, when you follow me, all your doubts will be erased. You know what he said? Follow me. You follow me. As a matter of fact, I think it's one of the greatest acts of faith there is. that man, when you follow Jesus in spite of your doubts. So let me run through these three right here. Unless I commit to follow Jesus, I will not continue to follow Jesus. Because of my motives, Because of my doubts. Because of my pride. And I'm going to read you this scripture here. You're going to see it on the screen. I'm going to read it from right here. And I'm going to ask you this question. At this point... Many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, Are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Maybe today, if you're honest, your motives haven't always been right. Maybe today, right now, your motives aren't right. That you just you want Jesus to bless you. Like we're singing a song, and looking at and look, I say pray for blessing. Yes. Ask God to work in your life, yes. Ask him to, to help you with your problems, yes. But you gotta want Jesus more than you want all that. There's a song we sing, I'm not here for blessings. Jesus, you don't owe me anything. I believe that's true. Maybe you're pride. Jesus isn't doing what you want him to do. So you're you're holding back, you're pushing him away, you're stonewalling him. You do what I say and I'll do what you say. It doesn't work like that. You follow Jesus. Even if you don't understand, which leads to doubt. You follow him in spite of your doubts. You just do what he says. You trust that he's got your best interest in mind. So how I want to close today? a decision song. Maybe today is a day for you to recommit your life to Christ. Maybe it's a chance to reaffirm that, yes, I am following Jesus. I'm going to do what he says, that he's the Lord of my life, and I'm not going to leave. I'll tell you a quick story about me. I know you're ready to go. You know the one thing I got going for me? It's not that I'm a good person. It's not that I get it right all the time. Here's the one thing I got going for me, Jesus Christ. That's the one thing I got. He's the one thing. It's not that I've stuck with Jesus. He's stuck with me. He's stuck with me in spite of my pride, in spite of my doubts, in spite of my motives. He is stuck with me. And I've made this commitment and I've strayed at times. But I said, I'll follow you. I'll follow you. I'll do what you say and sometimes kicking and screaming. You with me on this? kicking and screaming, fighting him all the way but I'll follow you, I'll do what you want to do and I've learned over time that his way is best I've learned over time that you can trust him, that if I follow him it leads to life so let me ask you are you going to turn away also? are you going to leave also? or maybe today you're going to make a a commitment for the first time. I mean, I'm following Jesus Christ. Are you going to recommit? You're going to make this confirmation just as these parents made for the kids. Man, I want Jesus. And so the band's going to come sing. I'm going to ask you to stand. If you have a decision to make, you can come forward and pray. We've got the mats down here. We just brought these out last week just to, to no excuses to lay something, a burden down at the cross of Christ before Him And just pledging ourselves to Him. So let's pray together. Father, Lord, I know there's times in our lives, Lord, where we doubt. We wonder. Our motives are pulling against us. Our pride pushes you away. Lord, I pray for is now to follow you. That we would just shorten this in our mind that I'm gonna follow Jesus. No matter what. I may not understand it. I may not even personally agree with it, but I'm gonna follow Jesus. I'm gonna follow what's in his word. I'm going to trust Jesus to save me. I'm going to trust Jesus to make me more like him. And so Lord, I pray for your spirit to work. If anyone has a decision to make today, would they come? Pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you stand?